How do we stop and notice that incredible, holy things happen to us every day? My name is Rabbi Lauren Holtzblatt, and this is Awake, Finding the Holy in the Everyday. When you listen, I hope you'll take a few minutes to pause, to open yourself to the possibility that holiness, connection, and presence are around us all of the time. Hi, everybody. Hope you're having a good week. So today's episode, um, I really want to focus, in many ways, I'm going to reference two weeks ago, um, an episode that I did on finding God in those places of vulnerability. So if you're interested, you could go back and listen to two episodes ago. So I'm going to give you a story, and I'm going to give you the Torah with it. Um, one of my kids is spending the year in Utah and um, going to school out there. And um, I am terrified of flying. <laughs> that has been something that hit me kind of around 9-11 and I've done a lot of spiritual work on it. And I get on planes. We, we travel a lot, my family. But um, it's just something I am not comfortable with <laughs> being in the sky and um, became necessary during the pandemic to think about options of in-person schooling for one of our kids because the pandemic was just wreaking havoc and this was the right option for this year. And so when we made that decision, I made the decision that I would be out in Utah every three to four weeks so that I could spend quality time with, um, with my child. And so I've been doing that since, uh, actually since July, I've been going out once every three weeks or every four weeks. And sometimes we go as a family and sometimes I just go myself. And I was thinking the other day how this thing that I'm still afraid of, I, I still <laughs> I still have a fear of getting on the plane and I do all my meditations and I do my tefillah derech, the prayer that we say for when we're on our way somewhere. Um, right? God, make there be no disaster, things that happen on this journey. <laughs> Words that I say, I'm laughing because I know that um, air travel is one of the safest ways to travel. Um, but our fears are what they are. And um, I looked at my calendar for the month of January, trying to plan out when I was going to go out there. And um, I had something every single Shabbat, right? It was on, I'm, you know, I'm a pulpit rabbi, so <laughs> I lead services. And I was on either Friday night or I had B'nai Mitzvah or it was MLK weekend and we had a big weekend with a incredible bat mitzvah at Addis and was feeling like I, I couldn't, there was no space, there was no room. And in a normal month, I can take a weekend and go. But in January, it just was looking impossible. And so um, I found a flight that left Motzi Shabbat. I was going to be on... Uh, for Shabbat morning for a bat mitzvah. And then I found a flight that I could leave Motzi Shabbat and travel to Utah and then come home on a Monday night so that at least I would get, you know, 36 hours there. So 
what always happens with me is, you know, Friday night or, you know, two nights before I'm flying, you know, the the creeping energy of anxiety starts to come in and I know what it's about. It's my old friend, anxiety. I, I can pinpoint exactly what it's about, talk to myself, calm it down, sometimes more than less. Um, and um, Saturday I was on the Bima and so it was very helpful because I could think about prayer, I could be in the moment, I could think about this bat mitzvah who was getting up and speaking her Torah and then as Shabbat started to go out, I was like, okay, here I go. And um, put my things together and I Ubered to the airport and um, got on the plane. And as I was sitting on the plane, I was thinking to myself, this is crazy. This time in my life has been utterly crazy, right? Getting on a plane every three weeks, leading a congregation, co-leading a congregation through a pandemic, um, through, you know, political upheaval, through COVID, through my father's death, just, just this year that's been like, these two years have been kind of like, unre- like just relentless in their constant, I, in some ways it's like a constant fog that I've been feeling in. It's like, you know, this way, I'm that way, I'm running here, I'm running there, you know, new rules, putting on the mask, taking off the mask, you know, all the stuff that honestly we're all dealing with in our lives. And I was feeling that just this like, oh gosh, I was just on the Bima, you know, leading services and being present in the moment. And um, after Shabbat, racing to the airport and I'm flying to Utah and I want to have a really calm 36 hours with my child and, you know, just, the exhaustion of it and feeling the the fog of it and, you know, sort of these questions of like, what is my life? You know, I know you have those like I do. And um, I looked out the window of the plane and the sky was just, you know, dark with this like clarity. I could see the stars for miles you know, I could look down and see like these small lights, you know, coming in the horizon, you know, these small lights that were lighting up the the small earth below. And from that fog, I had this moment of like um, clarity, of resilience, of those moments when we feel our own superpower. And I kind of think it's the divine within us. You know, those moments when we think like, wow, I never could have thought my life would have looked like this right now. You know, leading a large congregation, going through a pandemic, losing my father, gaining the energy from the connection I have with my sisters, giving my kid this year that my kid needed, um, flying out for 36 hours to be with my child and ski the slopes of Utah and watch him direct me (laughs) um, all around the mountain of, you know, choosing which trails we should go on and which ski lifts because he goes there every week because one can do that (laughs) in Utah. And the resilience of that kind of a life, of really living life and going towards whatever feels dark, whatever feels hard, whatever feels foggy, and just saying, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to go into the fear. I'm going to, I'm going to get on that plane and I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to do the living. And 
instead of being grounded by the fear or by the fog or by the not knowing, I'm going to go towards it. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And that's, that's been my Torah of this time of like really just going towards the fog, going towards the unknowing and feeling like there's something, there's something in there. There's something there for me. There's something there for my family. There's something there for my community. And in the midst of my going through this, um, I came across this Rabbi Nachman text. Rabbi Nachman um, was, um, he was a great Hasidic master. Uh, he was from Uman, and he lived from, well, he died at, in 1810, so um, lived like from the early 1770s, died in 1810. He was the founder of the, Breslov Hasidic movement, and he was the great-grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, who is the founder of Hasidic Judaism. And he um, writes in Likotei Mehoran, which is one of his greatest writings, he writes um, about the verse in Exodus, which is about revelation. And the verse is this, Vayamoda am merachok, Moshe nigash el arafel asher sham Elohim. So this is from um, Exodus 20. The people kept their distance, right? The, and Moses entered in the, the fog, Arafel. Moses entered the fog where God was. So the people stand, if you remember the, that, um, that part of Exodus when we get to Mount Sinai and the people, there's, there's the cloud on the mountain and there's fire and there's thunder and there's loud noises and the shofar blasting and the people are terif- terrified. And so they stand at a distance and they eventually say to Moses, you know, we want you to speak to us, now, not God. We're too afraid. And this pasuk, this verse is about how the people stood at their distance. And what does Moses do? Moses goes into the fog. Moses goes into the cloud. He goes towards it as they move away from it. And what does Rabbi Nachman say about this? He says, when a person who has spent all of one's days in um, Gashmiut, which you could translate literally as materialism, but you could say of things of this world, right? When a person has spent all their days in, in you know, things of the body, things of this world, afterwards becomes inspired and wants to go in the ways of God. The attribute of judgment then denounces that person and prevents that person from going in God's ways. It also arranges obstacles for that person, okay? Yet, God is one who desires kindness, and God hides God's self, as it were, in the obstacle. Thus, someone who is wise will look at the obstacle and discover the creator there. I'm going to read that verse again. Thus, someone who is wise will look at the obstacle and discover the creator there. As we find in the Yerushalmi, Ta'anit 1.1, if anyone should ask you, where is your God, you should answer him, in the great city of Rome. As it is said, one who calls to me from Seir, but someone who is not wise, when he sees the obstacle, he immediately retreats. Now, why would Ta'anit say that, now this is me, not Rabbi Nachman, why would, why would Ta'anit say, where is your God? And that person answer him in the great city of Rome, because Rome was this place of, for those who are in exile, right? Rome was this place of, um, of difficulty, of 
um, something that brings sometimes destruct, you know, that brought destruction on Jerusalem, on a place where it is sometimes hard to study Torah, right? Because the Romans were good at banning Torah. Um, and so what is Rabbi Nachman saying here? Rabbi Nachman saying is actually in the very obstacle is where God is waiting for us. And like I said two weeks ago when I did the podcast on finding God in the vulnerability, I, what I'm not saying here is um, let us just receive difficulty all the time as like God's way of, of speaking to us. I'm not saying that. Or let's become um, kind of masochists where we're seeking hard things in our lives because we want to get close to God. I am not saying that at all. I want you to hear that clearly. But what I think this text is saying is that um, when there's fog, you know, which naturally happens in our lives, when there's clouds, when there are things that we can't quite figure out, right? We're not sure which way is up, which way is down. We're, we're trying to find our way that actually what this text is saying is God's right there. That's the cloud. That's the cloud that has, that's on Har Sinai. That's the cloud that, that Moses goes towards. And the people are too afraid because they don't recognize it. It's not, it's not the path that they know. It's not the path that they can figure out. And so what do they do? They retreat. What does Moses do? Moses goes towards it. Moses goes and, and gets enveloped in the cloud. And in the cloud, Moses finds the presence of God. That, that vulnerability, that holiness, uh, the, the Torah, right? The, the knowledge and then that the internal light that when Moses comes down from the mountain, Moses' face is all aglow with the Torah, with the teaching, and because Moses has been in that presence and can now reflect it and generate it out, reverberate it out to the people that they can now experience it. And that was to me what I was feeling on that plane was this is a cloud this year. These two years have been a cloud, you know, the all the rules have changed the rules of education of mask wearing of um our safety of our projections of where we're going to be in six months and in a year of what parenting looks like um you know all the ground seems to be shifting underneath our feet all the time and i think what this text is saying to us is um there's torah in the fog how do we find it we don't run from it. Don't go merachok. Don't stand from a distance. Go into it. Don't, don't, don't pull yourself away from it constantly and resist it and fight it and be angry about it. You can have those moments. Yes, we're all going to be angry sometimes. That's natural. But get on the plane. Get on the mountain. Do what feels might have been impossible before, something you couldn't have imagined your life looking for, because in those spaces, we will find Torah, we will find resilience, we will find light, we will find something we could not see before, because it was covered. But we went into it, we went into the fog, ready with hearts open, hearts scared, but hearts open to find out what is the Torah that is waiting for me there. Board the plane get out into the world. Try to feel your feet beneath you. And let's see what Tara is waiting for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Before I go, you can always check out more episodes at addisisrael.org 
slash awake or on Apple Podcasts. Please make sure to hit subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a review to let us know you like the show. It helps us to get the word out. Finally, you can email us at awake at addisisrael.org to give feedback about the show. Let us know what you like and what you want to hear more of. Thank you for listening, and I'm wishing you a holy encounter this week. Thank you.